Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Welcome into another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast here on the Believe Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, whether it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or any other app you are listening to to stream this show. Make sure you get those subscriber numbers up so we can continue to uh, bring you the show for free. And another reason, you know, why we are able to give you this show for free is because of our brand new sponsor and our friends over at Bet Online. Now, football is in full swing, and Bet Online is your number one information for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute alerts, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, totals, spreads from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds from Week 5. All the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, this game, speaking of bet online, they have this game as a pick'em. Illinois at Purdue, 3.30 kickoff on Peacock. I hope you have your Peacock subscription if you want to watch Purdue football, not only this week, but next week when they travel to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. So I have had my Peacock subscription for a long time now. I think there are some quality TV shows on there that me and my wife have watched. So make sure you have that. Make sure you're subscribed because you don't need a subscription to subscribe to this podcast. Um, even though it's a different type of subscription. You know, we don't charge you any money. Um, we'd like to give you this show for free, this analysis for free, the recaps, the previews, and conversations like we had with our friend Jeff Thurn from the Big Ten show earlier this week. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope to do more of that stuff as the season goes along, bring in a guest, kind of give an outside, you know, 10,000-foot view of Purdue, um, somebody who sees the program, you know, more on a, on a conference level where they kind of fit in. Um, and we try to do that, you know, as we go along here, but we don't really, you know, look at it, um, you know, as, as from that big of a view. Um, and it also helps to get, you know, the rest of the conference thoughts as well. And Jeff and Adam do a great job over on the Big Ten show on the Believe Network. If you guys are wanting more Big Ten football analysis, make sure you head on 
over there. This is the homecoming game, um, and they're going to do a private ceremony to dedicate the, the Tiller Tunnel. Um, but Joe Tiller will be very present in this game because they are uh, giving away Joe Tiller T-shirts for homecoming. This is also a trophy game, the the Cannon Trophy game. So it's a it's an important game on a lot of different levels, and I think one of the most important levels is Purdue needs a win. Uh, Purdue needs a win badly. Um, it's not a desperation time in um, certain regards, and I think that this is a win. It's a game that Purdue can win. Um, they've won the last three meetings, and they've won six out of the last seven games. So it's it's not like Illinois has been blowing the doors off of anybody and everybody. They're very close to actually being 0-4. If, if you really look at it and if you've been paying close attention, I've watched a good chunk of their games so far. I watched um, them almost lose to Toledo, need a field goal at the very end of that game to win it. Um, I watched the entire Kansas game, um, and they just got run out of the building. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of the Penn State game because you really didn't need to. When you turn over the ball that many times as they did and get their doors blown off them um, as they did, you didn't really need to take away a whole lot. And watching the entire FAU game back um, earlier today, um, I, I noticed some things that we're going to talk about and dive deeper into, uh, but they, Illinois trailed the Owls 10 to nothing at one point in the first half. Um, Illinois scores 23 straight. Uh, the Owls get a touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it a one score game. Illinois could have made it a, a two touchdown score, uh, but decided to kneel it down or, and uh, get down before reaching the end zone after breaking off a big run. But both of these teams are coming in 0-1 in Big Ten play, needing a win to kind of boost themselves, make themselves feel feel better about the direction that they're going. Um, You have Ryan Walters facing his former team, kind of knows how they are running things still over there. He says... He said in his press conference earlier this week that they've changed some things, but a lot of things still remain the same. Obviously, he's going to be facing a different quarterback than what he coached with last season with Luke Altmaier, the old Miss transfer, coming in uh, this season. But he should still know, if not 90%, 95%, maybe even more um, of that Illinois defense. and giving the the tips and tricks to Graham Harrell of how to attack this Illinois defense. He recruited most of those guys or was at least had a hand in the recruiting of most of those guys on that Illinois defense. So he knows the, the, what they're capable of, especially up front. That's going to be, I think the key for both of these teams. I think if we're going to decide where this game is going to be played out, and have the most impact on the game, it's going to be the defensive lines. When you look at Illinois' defensive front, Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph Jr., monsters. Just absolute monsters. Those two guys can wreck a game. They can make an offensive uh, lineman's life miserable for three hours on a Saturday. 
And that's exactly what they're going to do. Even though Illinois really wasn't competitive against Kansas, Newton had probably one of his best games uh, all season so far. And and uh, one of the better games in his career. He was all over the place, making plays, getting Jaden Daniels down, um, or pressuring him at least. And he did a, a good job against Penn State um, as well. So I think on the Purdue side, the defensive front is also going to be important because Illinois' offensive line has struggled mightily. They've given up 15 sacks. Luke Altmaier is running for his life at times, even against FAU. Uh, they've given up, like I said, 15 sacks so far. And Altmaier has been efficient. He hasn't been setting the world on fire. Uh, he can run, but you need the likes of Nick Scorton, uh, Kadron Jenkins to get after it. You need some some blitzes to come off the edge. You need Jeffrey Emba, Malik Langham to have a game, get in the backfield and get some sacks. You know, even Isaiah Nichols, get in and get back there as well. I just like to see more pressure getting to the quarterback and bringing him down outside of, of Jenkins and, and Scorton. Feels like those two guys have been after it the entire time. And you need, feels like somebody else to kind of step up and make an impact as well. Now, Langham has done it a few times. Emba has done it a couple of times, but and more consistently outside of, of Scorton and Jenkins, who just feel like they're back there all the time. And with this Illinois offensive line struggling, I, I think it's going to take a, a good effort from this defensive front to slow this offensive attack that's not the greatest in the world uh, down and keep it down because there's going to be definitely opportunities to pick Luke Altmaier off. There's a good chance you can keep this running game down if you can close off those running lanes. And Illinois' offense is kind of in a place where Purdue's is. They're both middle of the pack in the Big Ten. They have different type styles. Illinois wants to run the ball more, I think, than Purdue. You know, be a more physical type team and get after you. Whereas Purdue, at least offensively, doesn't really feel like that yet. He, Ryan Walters was asked about what this offensive identity is at this point, and he really didn't get into too much detail about you know what the direction of of what they want to be. You know, he kind of you know skirted the question a little bit. He's he said he didn't want to give too much away for opposing teams, but. I still don't know if this team has found their identity and what they want to be. He said that they know who their playmakers are. Yeah, we know who their playmakers are. Yassin, Burks, Sheffield, Claire, Miller, Tracy. I mean, you have all these weapons that I think are good to very good weapons and potentially dangerous in some of them that you just haven't figured out a way to move this offense consistently down the field. And he, he mentioned the word pace and tempo. I think when Purdue has played its best offense, it's been with pace, moving the ball quickly, trying to get up and down the field. Um, we just haven't seen those explosive plays yet. And 
they haven't been very efficient at consistently moving the chains. They have, you know, several uh, plays that go for 15 to 20 yards, but what has that resulted in? It's resulted in the offense not scoring more than four touchdowns in a game this year. So what are we doing here with this offense? Obviously they haven't completely abandoned the run game because I, I, there's still very good big chunk plays that Tracy has been able to get. Maccabee has been able to get when they've been able to, you know, move the offensive line to one way or the other and allow those cutback lanes that we talked about in the, in the last recap show. But I think that for this team this week, it's going to be difficult, I think, to to run just because, especially between the tackles. So I think it's going to be F, more importantly that they tried to do what they've done and had success with these last couple of weeks with the rushing attack and, and moving that offensive line and allowing those cutback lanes because you're not going to run into Randolph Jr. and Newton the entire game. They're just going to stuff you every single time, and especially when they have Gabe Yakis, Dylan Rosiek at linebacker, two guys who can fly all over the field, uh, especially Yakis. He is a freak athlete, and Rosiek is a, a physical player that is not afraid to come up and, and make some make some contact. So I, I think physicality is something that Purdue definitely needs to improve on. I, I think they have it in, in one area, and that's their defensive front. Uh, I, I think the, the secondary can fly up and make plays, but there's still some, some missed tackles that you would like to see cleaned up. Um, I, I think Cam Allen has played a lot better these last couple of games. I think Marquise Wilson has as well. I don't necessarily think they're getting beat with some of these huge plays down the field, maybe one or two a game. But that's not really, I think, Illinois' offense either. So, and especially with the offensive line and not being able to protect Luke Altmaier consistently enough to where you allow him to look downfield for a long enough time. And some of the times, some of those sacks, there was a couple in the FAU game where he held on the ball way too long. He's He's got to get rid of it at, at some point. And I think Hudson Card, I think he does a good job of moving up in the pocket when he feels the pressure and in, in in getting out of it. Better, I think, than, than Luke Allmeyer. So I think for, for Hudson Card, he's definitely going to need to be able to feel that pressure. And a lot of the pressure is going to be coming at his face, not necessarily off the edge as much as maybe, you know, a, a better defensive uh, front that would have better players on the edge. But I think that, you know, he's going to have to move up and, and sidestep out of the pocket, maybe get some more scrambles uh, or some more rollouts, I should say, than, than what they have done in the past. Let's let's look into this Illinois offense just a little bit more and who to look out for. Um, Isaiah Williams is dangerous. He leads the Big Ten with 24 catches, uh, just ahead of of Yassine at 22. He's been the number one target uh, for Altmaier. Right after that is the tight ends, Griffin Moore, 
Tip Ryman. Uh, those guys are good blockers. Ryman is is more of the blocker than than Moore is, but they both can catch the ball and they both can run after the catch a little bit. But Isaiah Williams is is the guy to look out for who is the most dangerous, who's going to be keyed on the most, who I, I expect uh, Marcavius Brown and Marquise uh, Wilson to be on pretty much the entire game. Uh, but if, if those tight ends are matched up on, uh, especially more, if they're matched up on, on Cam Allen and they're able to make a step uh, and get Allen going one way and, and they're able to, break out of an arm tackle. This is going to be a key week for bringing those guys down because they're big, they're physical. Uh, and I think, you know, Cam Allen uh, and, and Thieneman can come up and make tackles. And I know Sanusi Kane can as well. So it's going to be critical for those safeties to come up and, and make the plays because I, I think that those guys are physical, can get extra yards and, and make sure you know where, uh, Isaiah Williams is at all times. You, may, you might even have to do um, some bracket coverage on him, some some double teams, uh, some sort of that things to not make him a wide open target like he was multiple times against FAU last week. And I think Purdue has a better secondary than FAU, but he gets open pretty easily. It looks like so. Uh, you're you're asking a lot of the secondary to hold hold him down. If you can hold him down, they they have a couple of other receivers, but none as much as uh, none that are as dynamic um, or as dangerous after the catch as as Williams or ex, as experienced. So I think this is going to be a definite week for the secondary to to show up. I think the offensive line with them having their struggles this year is going to be a good opportunity for the defensive line to get after it, uh, get after Luke Altmeyer, make him feel the pressure, maybe rush his throws and help out that secondary. Um, as far as the running backs, Josh McCray is, he's a big boy. He's 235. He looks even bigger than 235. Uh, he looks for contact. He is not afraid to run over anybody. So it's going to be key uh, for those linebackers to to come up and, and make some plays. And I know Guys like OC Brothers can make some plays on on those type of running backs. Uh, Reggie Love is the speedster of the two, and uh, he can definitely uh, put on the afterburners. He did a couple of times against FAU, breaking off some some big runs. So offensively, I think Purdue probably has the advantage weapons wise, but I think Illinois knows what it is and has more of an identity. I just don't know if they've been able to execute uh, and push and, and, you know, to its fullest extent and physically dominate teams because their offensive line is, is just not in a place where it was a year ago. Some of those guys are back from that offensive line, but I, I just don't think that they've really found the physicality yet with the new, uh, the new guys that have, that have stepped in because the offensive line I think is, is, going to be good for Illinois maybe in maybe in a year or two but right now they just have too many young guys that aren't physical at the point of attack um, and I think they'll have trouble with the defensive front of Purdue this week because I think you have a different you have you have a couple of different ways you can attack the offensive line I think this offense this defensive line for Purdue can beat you with some speed 
with guys like Jenkins and Buck coming off the edge, Langham. Um, they can be physical with you up front with big guys. You know, even those guys are big on the edge too with with Langham and Emba. They're they're big guys, and and so is Jenkins as well. You know, you have Scorton, who's another guy that can get to the ball quickly, and I and I think you're gonna you're gonna definitely you're gonna need that. So, Purdue offensively, I I struggled thinking about what the plan of attack for Purdue should be. I think you're going to have to throw the ball maybe more than you have in the past because I don't think this secondary, with what they lost last year, that was very deep, one of the best secondaries in the country last year. A lot of youth. A lot of youth back there. I think this could be a week where this where this offense can take that next step as far as the passing attack and getting downfield and – I think Hudson Card has done a good job of distributing the ball to different weapons, but can we make these 15 to 20 yard gains finish in the end zone? Because whether it's the turnovers, whether it's going forward on fourth down and not getting it, settling for field goals. And speaking of free Hill is out again this week. So expect, you know, Macias to handle those duties as well. Uh, but I, I think that it's going to be an opportunity for this passing offense to finally take that next gear that we've been waiting for. And I, I think we need to see this team be better on third downs and picking up those third downs and not get into such third and long situation. It feels like a lot of the time they're in third and longs uh, that are eight yards or more after throwing for the first couple of downs and not getting anything. And then you're in third and 10 and it's really difficult to draw up a play that, you know, is going to work and be successful. I can, I can tell you a a play that works 30, 40% of the time is that in route, that quick in that dig to Dion Burks. If Hudson card isn't staring down Burks the entire time, it works. But if he's looking right at him, it doesn't. But I think this passing attack can feast this week as long as they protect Hudson. Because the guys up front are going to be tested. Gus Hartwig back in his second game, Preston Nichols and Jalen Green at the guards. They're going to have their hands full. They're going to probably put on some double teams for for Randolph and Newton. And they're going to need to. I mean, they're they're obviously going to get some help. Uh, They're going to have some guys in the backfield. Uh, staying back and getting a chip block or having double teams with the tackles. But I think that the passing attack is where it's it's going to be successful for Purdue this week. I don't necessarily think you abandon the run game. I don't think you abandon it at all. I think I think you use it how you kind of have been with Tracy and Maccabee getting those guys on the edge in some space, allowing them to make cutbacks. And and big gains that, you know, if you can establish the rushing attack, great. But there haven't been a couple of teams that that they have faced so far, Illinois. They've been beaten through the air quite a bit. Uh, they're the they're, they're worst defense as far as total defense in the Big Ten. That might shock you after what we've seen out of this defense the last couple of years under Ryan Walters and 
they're ranked like total defense in, in the 100s. Purdue's not that far ahead of them. I think Purdue's like 99th in the country as far as total defense, 13th out of 14 teams in the Big Ten. So it's definitely going to take a solid effort from Hudson Card not turning the ball over. Uh, turnovers, I think if we can limit them to just one or one or none, I think this offense should be able to have some success because that's just been the killer these last two weeks. Let's have one or none. And even if you do have one, let's not make it in uh, Illinois, uh, deep in Illinois territory. I mean, I mean, I guess there is a benefit. You know, they still have to drive most of the length of the field whether than turning it over and in your own zone. But let's, let's just not have those this week. Sound good? Good. Because that's been the, the, the back-breaking thing about this team is they're able to move the ball, but can't finish. Can't finish on both sides of the ball. Now, we mentioned can't finish on third downs. I think well, I'm, I'm having a – who was it in the comment section that, you know, and I mentioned it the comment with uh, – with uh, Jeff the other day and how how we should measure this team in a, a different way. And I thought, you know, Carl, who commented on this, shout out Carl, I think he's commented a couple of times, uh, making kind of the same point. And he said, I completely agree with accomplishing the interim, quote unquote, interim goals rather than seeking wins. At this point, having a defense not allow successful third and double digits plays is one goal and that's you know exactly what we've been uh we've been talking about so thank you carl for for commenting on there and, and you made you know great points you know as, as a couple of you guys that have commented on here have have made some really good points and I, I you know i agree with that and you know try to get back with you guys on you know how i see it as well so keep commenting below um keep liking the video keep subscribing uh, as well so give me a follow on social media if you are um, want to connect that way as well so i think we've covered both sides of the field um and i'm interested to see how this game plays out because as i talked with jeff earlier this week that these are the types of games that purdue should feel that they are going to be competitive in before they even step on the field if you go to Twitter and look at Parker Fleming, uh, who does you know advanced stats for uh, college football graphs, does an excellent job breaking down advanced stats for for uh, every game in uh, in the Power Five and FBS. Uh, I should say not just Power Five, but he had uh, the graph of the Purdue Illinois game, and the win probability for Illinois was fifty percent, fifty point one percent. And Purdue's win probability was 49.9. Nearly 50-50. Nearly 50-50. And this was a game, I think, when we talked about the schedule preview, that could go back and forth. This is a 50-50 game. It's a coin toss game that one play, one turnover can lead to a loss. Or a win, if you're able to get that turnover and score off of it. So, I think this is a game that 
Purdue should be able to be competitive all the way throughout. I think this one is one that Purdue can beat Illinois' pass defense because it hasn't been great all season long. I think this is a game where the defensive line takes advantage of an offensive line that has struggled so far to keep their quarterback upright. And I think Purdue takes those advantages and still comes out with a close win. I think Purdue wins 27-24. The only thing that is in the back of my mind, and it was a, a good comment from my buddy Kale, who's a diehard Purdue fan. I I told him earlier today that I think Illinois and Purdue is going to be a close one, but I still think the Boilermakers can win. And he's like, we're we're in the meat part of the schedule now. It's it's Big Ten football. It's Big Ten West football, and Purdue is a team that falters with some of these physical teams that they face. And Illinois definitely has the identity of a, of a being a physical team. We'll see if Purdue can match that physicality. I don't necessarily think that the physicality is what's going to be the difference in this one. It's definitely going to play a major part. But if you can get to you know, you don't have to match their level, but if you can get to 75-80% of the physicality and bring it back right to Illinois, I think you can definitely win this game. Because you look further down the line of the schedule, it gets tough. It's it only gets maybe even more physical the next 3 weeks with Iowa, Ohio State, and Nebraska. You say what you want about Nebraska and their offense, but their defense is is a physical one and got a lot of different guys on there that will get after it. So I think Purdue wins. Hopefully I'm talking to you guys on the recap show about a win. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. I will see you guys on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.